I'm really glad, though, that we don't have to uh, Google this time what do snake nipples look like. Because, indeed, they are not mammals who have to no. feed their young. <laughs> they don't. This is the CritterCast Podcast. Oh, hi. Hello. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on episode 19 of CritterCast. 19. And, and you know... The, the thing is, as we do more of these episodes, and I go back and listen to our original episodes, I realize that all of the things you were trying to get me to do that I was so, like, violently against are probably smart things to do. Oh, really? Tell me more. Like, in I mean, I still am against, like, rambling about our own personal lives for too long. Sure. Because, like, I do skip through that. Partly because it's... <gasps> Spill your drink. <laughs> On my cat. No, it didn't drip on him at all. He definitely would have told me if it did. Um, it's such a big glass; it didn't even fall out of the glass. It's great. Um, no, and I, I'm partly because it's my life, but uh, perhaps reintroducing ourselves occasionally, briefly, is not a terrible idea. Yeah. Um, because you know, what if somebody really does jump in and like, especially because it's so dumb. When I go to a podcast, I want to listen to the first episode. Right. And I think a lot of people do. Right. You want to get a feel for how it was totally. in its early stages. But most default podcast apps yes. are automatically giving you the most recent ones. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So I in that case, from the beginning if too. somebody decides to click in on the most recent episode, I suppose yeah. we should just give them a brief little shout out. You know, we don't have to delve completely into our introduction. Sounds good. But this is me after... After celebrating the success that officially all of our episodes are now showing up on all of the Finally. podcast hosters. Oh my goodness, that took And because for I'm a Spotify every- listener and was like waiting for right. them all to be up on Spotify. Right. I went through and like re-listened to the beginning of all of them. Oh my gosh. And uh, and was disappointed at how much I had cut in uh-huh. hindsight of our uh, witty pre-chatter. I, I mean, I don't want it to be... 20 minutes of pre-chatter because right. like they're here for the critters right but like right. it's funny and I missed it and I was sad that I Aww. cut so much of it so That's maybe nice. I'll keep a little bit more of this episode Ooh. episode 19 of critter cast okay um that was a, a really long-winded explanation for me saying like maybe we should reintroduce ourselves oh okay so I'm Cassie <laughs> and I'm Karina <laughs> and you're here at critter cast yes here with us <laughs> Celebrating all the wonderful, mm-hmm. fascinating, weird, and terrifying animals in the world. There's so many of them to and, discuss. <laughs> I know. It's just literally so never-ending. So, you know, here at CritterCast, we like to just take take a moment, pause, catch up. How, yeah. How's life been for us? How's life been for our critters? How's life been for our listeners? You know, take this moment to take a deep breath and, you know, listen to our problems and forget about yours for a while. Because oh, like I'm it. sure you're stressed about something in your life and you can be stressed about something in our lives instead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for like five are, minutes of the what podcast. What are you stressed about? Let it go. Oh my gosh. So much. <laughs> Share uh, our stress instead. <laughs> actually, very exciting things in the CritterCast world this week. So we did finally get our Patreon video recorded and we decided, opted to skip our Meet the Critter video this week mm-hmm. in favor of of prioritizing our Patreon video. Right. Getting that uploaded and out there. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be posted, obviously, directly onto Patreon so that it's what people see when they open our page. Right. But we also want it on Facebook so that our Facebook listeners can maybe hop on over to Patreon and check it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there, there'll be stuff that's on Patreon that 
isn't on anywhere else. And our Patreon video will go live before this episode, actually. So if you're listening to this episode, then I hope you've watched our Patreon video and maybe signed up to support us on Patreon. Or maybe you haven't and you just watched our video and gave it a like on Facebook because you thought it was funny. Okay. Um, (sighs) Indeed. So we're as settled as we're going to be. Yes. It's not going to get quieter than this, (laughs) unfortunately. It's it's not going to get calmer than this. This is what it is. I don't know why we have two cats today. Usually we only have to wrangle one. Right. And today my son has decided to join the uh, join the crew. Um, so we have a lot of critters with us Whew, so to celebrate episode 19 of CritterCast. Also, I'm stripping because I am hot. You want it to be cozy, but you're not it's like it. me. You don't run cool like no. me. So you can't be cozy yet. Anyway... CritterCast episode 19. Episode 19. Yeah, we're almost at 20. It's exciting, huh? And and because, you know, we were talking, what what critter are we going to do this week? We know we want to do dogs next week mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving because, like, you know, who, is, who isn't grateful for dogs? Right. Like, who, who isn't thankful that dogs exist? Like, very few people, and those people shouldn't exist in my right. opinion. Right? Yeah. But, like... This week, you know, we wanted to talk about an animal we were grateful for, and mm-hmm. we could have gone for a critter that the whole world was grateful for, but we decided to particularly go for a critter that is, is near and dear to us. Yes. And so we, uh, you know, we're watching this Animal Planet show called Scaled, which is a, a relatively new show. I think it, it had one season that aired last year, mm-hmm. and it's airing its second season this year. And just like the Animal Planet show Tanked, mm-hmm. it's about uh, a company that builds custom reptile enclosures for owners and, like, extravagant, creative, like, insane reptile tanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and in, in the middle, they show you a lot of their employees' critters, and they have, you know, a bearded dragon that is constantly Kevin! featured. Um, <laughs> and then they were showing one of the employees' daughters a Kenyan sand boa. And... Um, and Cassie just goes, ah, well, we could do that. And I thought, well, you know, like, it's not a, a, a critter that a lot of people even know exists. It's a critter that we're very thankful for, and y'all should be thankful exactly. for. Exactly. So that's what we did. And then we thought, well, when was the last time we did a reptile? We don't want to do, you know, reptiles right. too uh, too soon. And realized that the last time we had done a reptile was episode seven. Crazy. How did we snakes. go that long? And we love reptiles guys we're a like, little hashtag reptile obsessed right and so we're so disappointed that it's been over it's 10 dis- episodes disgusting since we touched a reptile so we are so excited to since journey we touched a reptile <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited to journey back to our reptilian roots yes here at CritterCast because mm-hmm. you know this all started with a reptile and it's time to time to travel back oh yeah back yeah. back back yep. uh can you give me some facts Ah, about the Kenyan sand boa. Good one. I've been sitting on that one all day. Oh my goodness, I did not even see that coming, and I'm so happy. <laughs> well, so Kenyan sand boas are also known as East Africa sand boas. Mm-hmm. Their range is the majority of East Africa, thus East African sand boas. Indeed. But mostly, um, you know... Lovers of the breed have settled on Kenyan sand boas. It's much easier to say than East African. And, like, it's also easy to say KSB, Kenyan sand boa, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So their range is from Egypt, south to Tanzania, southwest Somalia, west to Kenya. Is it Tanzania or is it Tanzania? 
Have I been saying it wrong my whole no, life? No, I think you're right. Oh, okay. It's Tanzania. Because, like, I could have been saying it wrong no, my whole life. It's 100% Because, like, Tanzania. Americans couldn't, like, you know. It's true, though. It's true. <laughs> I just have to call you out, you know, when I notice mistakes because yeah. we now have a listener, lovely Teresa, who got a shout out at the end of the last episode, mm. who is, like, fact checking us hardcore. Thank you, Teresa. So we, uh, we, we made another we mistake keep last other. episode. <laughs> We refer to the brain as a muscle. It is not, in fact, a muscle. It's often commonly, like, called a muscle as in, like, you can it's exercise organ, it, but though. it's an organ. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when you think about it, you're like, oh, of duh. Of course it is. I know. Yeah. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to be that person. And I was like, no, no man, like, call us out. Be that person, Teresa. Right? Like, we are not perfect. Yeah. We are doing this just for fun. Yeah, and, like, y'all know we're not If experts. you hear a mistake, my friends, we're politely correct us. Yes. Like, don't be a jerk. Politely. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so I just have to, you know, yeah. call you out. Tanzania. But now we can't say it. Tanzania. (laughs) Tanzania. (laughs) They they dwell there. Uh, Yes. yes. They they live mostly in semi-arid desert regions. They like scrub areas of savannas and rock outcroppings. None of this surprises me. Right? Yeah. Hi, handsome. And we are joined today by Ichabod Crane, Mm -hmm. the... uh, the Kenyan sand boa. The illustrious, beautiful, handsome, and very, very genteel Kenyan sand boa baby. Indeed. He's yes. still just a baby. So let's talk about what even are Kenyan sand boas. Oh, my God. What even well, are they're, they? They're snakes. They In are. In case anybody didn't know, we're just, we yes. just keep saying Kenyan sand boas. Yeah. And we hope that, that our Crittercast fans know by the word boa that we are talking about a type of snake. Mm-hmm. And snakes and, are reptiles, of course, Yes, we already alluded to. Yes, yes. And specifically, boas are the type of snakes that constrict to kill their prey. Mm-hmm. So wrap around them and then squeeze the breath out of them. And then once they're dead, nom them right down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they'll usually, like, they'll usually bite first and mm-hmm. then wrap around them. But, like, that first bite, because they're non-venomous snakes, right. isn't going to kill them yeah. or paralyze them. So that's they why they got to wrap around and squeeze them <laughs> Pretty quick. Can you imagine if you had to do that to, like, your chicken nuggets? Ew. You take a bite of your chicken nugget and it's and wriggling like, in your mouth, so you ew, have to go ew, ew, ew. wrap around your hands around it and that's squeeze disgusting. really hard. Cassie, that's so gross. <laughs> oh. Why chicken nuggets? Why? That seemed like the best analogy to oh, me. Whatever. I'm still sticking by it. So their, um, their body shape is really unique for a snake. In, in my experience. Yeah. My, my limited experience. Yeah. But they're, they tend to be a little bit more stout, a little bit more heavy looking. Yeah. They have a blunt head with kind of a, a sharp, chisely or shovel shaped, um, I don't know, what, curvature angle to the yeah. top. So it's like a downward curve, mm-hmm. like like you'd see on a car. Yeah. yeah. Not like, like a, a Jeep. But yeah, that yeah. like, you know, your your sports cars, your Corvette yeah, types. Like, it's right. definitely like a sharp Why isn't there the a end. type of car called a sand boa yet? I don't know, man. Yeah. There's cobras. Yeah. but And like, they don't look like cobras. No. I just want to point that out. No. But they do have that, you know, flare at the yeah, back. That's, that's kind of like a cobra yeah, hood. But um, they do. So a lot of times, sometimes people will confuse them for uh, hog noses. Right. But hog noses have an upturn yeah. at the end of their little shovel nose. So like, if they were shoveling up. Upwards, mm-hmm. And Kenyan sand boas don't travel upwards. Right. I'm sure you'll talk about it. They go the other way. Yeah. So their slope goes down. Yeah. Yep. And they use that little like, shovel edge nose 
to burrow down into the usually sand, but whatever type of substrate they live on or near. Mm-hmm. They have small eyes. Little tiny eyes. Very cute little eyes. And their eyes are really cool because a lot of times they have a dark streak that runs through each eye. Mm -hmm. And from what I've seen, it looks like they have round pupils. Some of the research that I found said that they had slit pupils. Yeah, he does have slit pupils. Does he have slit pupils? But they're wide slits. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he's got his little orange eyes and then there's a um, a wide black... So, like, if you were to just look at it not up close, they totally yeah. look round. Okay. But if you look at him really close and you get your face all up in his tiny little face, you'll see that, indeed, they are slits. His tiny, handsome little face. I know. He does have just so cutest little face. <laughs> yes. And so they, they uh, he does at least have a streak that goes through his eyes that kind of matches his coloration pattern, mm-hmm. which is really cool, I think. Indeed. It's really smart. The little orange eyes. The little cute little eyes um so they're usually they usually have a white belly and the the normal wild color is kind of an orangish or a yellow coloration with dark brown splotches Mm -hmm. and you can either get those splotches kind of all over or you can get them in kind of two stripes with a yeah an orange or stripe running down the middle yeah yeah, so he's got them kind of all over, but mm-hmm. you can see they're they're pretty paired up. Mm-hmm. Like there there is no s- clear streak of orange; like it is broken up by the spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's fascinating, and this is the the normal color pattern that you might find in the wild. And just like with my leopard gecko, I think the normal colored pattern is stunning. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's very beautiful. And they do come in some different morphs, and we'll talk about those a little bit later on because I want to cover more of you know, what their, what yeah. the normal look is before we talk about more. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so another really neat thing about Kenyan sand boas is that they have a really short tail. So the hope is that the predator will get distracted and go for the tail and not know where the head is. Yeah. So that they can have more of a likelihood of getting away. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think people don't think about with snakes, and, and we didn't distinctly touch on it with corn snakes, or maybe right. we did, that, you know, it looks like one long body or one long tail mm-hmm. but it's actually head at the top yep. you know where, where you can clearly identify a head and yep. on sambo is it's hard because yeah. their head bleeds straight into their body right right you don't have that like head shape that that then gets smaller into the body yeah. um and then a really long body and then they're under past their little hole on the underneath of them a tail portion as well and on a on lots of different types of snakes the tail portion is you know a couple inches all the way up to a foot if you're right. talking about like you know massively long snakes yes and on kenyan sand boas it's just like the the tiniest stubbiest it's little so tail cute. when you have seen other types of snakes yes yeah yeah they don't they don't look like most other types of snakes no, to me no they look more like some sort of a um like this is the this is for me, the origin of snakes as noodles. <laughs> because, like, other snakes don't really look like noodles right. when they're full grown. Right. You know, when they're babies, they kind of all look noodly because they haven't yeah. filled out yet. They're all yeah. just, like, really long and skinny. But other snakes are skinny at the head, uh-huh. they get fat in their bodies, and they get skinny at the tail. Like, they, they look like snakes. Yeah. But sand boas are just kind of, like, one length. Yeah. You know, they're one width all the way down. All the way they down. just look like little chubby noodles. Right. And, like... They're so cute. Yeah. 
They're so I almost so cute. called him Noodle, but I like fancy names. Yes. So like that's why he's Ichabod. And uh, well, and he's very Halloweeny colored. Yeah. In- indeed. It Every works Halloween very well. we're like Ichabod. Ichabod, Icky Bicky, Icky 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 Pating I hate you. <laughs> I hate that. So mean. Oh my god. <laughs> they also stay pretty small. Yeah. They so they only get to between two to three feet. The females being larger than the males, mm-hmm. and as when they start out as babies, the the size that you would get from a reputable, respectable breeder would be probably about what eight inches or so long. Yeah, and then about the width of your pinky finger. Indeed, mm-hmm. that's where he. You know, he's a little bit wider than my pinky now because we've yeah. had him for a couple months. But yeah. he was, was very young when we got him. About as young as you can get them. Um, and yeah, that's what sounds yeah. about right. I mean, I, well. I wouldn't say it with, uh, confidence because I haven't mm-hmm. done enough research on the fact, but I know they are the, the shortest snakes that are commonly kept as pets. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Like they, it doesn't come smaller than this. Right. And <laughs> like, that's one no of such the thing. <laughs> things that makes them such a great pet. Yeah. Is the small size means. I find them a great intro snake for people yeah. that are like, Ooh, a big old snake. Right. Or people that are like. Ugh, I want a snake, but man, those tank sizes. Yes. Yeah. This is a little guy. So I don't know if you really like snakes, but your, say, partner is kind of not on board the snake train yet. (laughs) Erica. And you really want to introduce them to some snakes that might help them to reconsider the stigmas and stereotypes they're buying into. Yeah. Even more than corn snakes, I think. I Well, see, we're on two different sides of this argument, but right. now we've covered both. So you can listen to the right. corn snake episode, listen to the Kenyan <gasps> sand boa episode, Amazing. and make your own choice. Because yeah. as much as I love Kenyan sand boas, uh-huh. I adore them, mm-hmm. I am still on the corn snake side because I think for people who are not snake pets Uh like snake people um they are just more expressive and have like a pet personality you know I can see that um I I mean I I love Kenyan Sandbows and I I do think that they are easier to keep um as far as like the the kind of habitat that you maintain for them but they aren't like super interactive pets I mean honestly you can't even see them most of the time exactly because they're burrowed exactly Because yeah. they, they're always going to be digging into their mm-hmm. substrate. So I have to go hunting for him right. to find him. Which I do because I love him. And I'm yes. forcing him to get used to being held. Right. Right. Um, but, you know, if you if you don't think about it, you just walk past an empty tank every right. day. It's kind of sad. <laughs> yep. So some other interesting things about the way that they look and how those characteristics are help them to survive mm-hmm. is that their eyes and nostrils are placed on the top of their head mm-hmm. so that when they are burrowing down into the sand a those can stay free of debris mm-hmm. but also b they can actually kind of like a crocodile or an alligator keep just their nostrils and their eyes yeah. right above the sand or their substrate yeah and so they can see what's going on but the rest of them can remain burrowed yes yeah, it is. I I have caught him once or twice doing that, mm-hmm. and it is the cutest so cute. thing. Cause you just it's just this little nose po- poking Aww, out. Like so sometimes cute. he'll even keep his nose poked out and hide his eyes. Oh my god! And it's just like this. That's adorable. Nose, and you're like, oh my gosh, Ugh. cause you know he's just 
sniffing the world and he's keeping his senses open. And uh, I mean, he's fearless. He really is not afraid of much. But no, he's he's most lovely. snakes in captivity are you know if yeah. you've had them since they were babies. Yeah, very desensitized right. to what would frighten them in the wild. And that's <laughs> another thing that a lot of people really really like about sand boas is, is yeah. that. They tend to be very social, very docile. Yeah. They tend to enjoy interaction more than your average snake would. Yeah. And that's always an argument against, with a lot of herpetologists and Mm -hmm. reptile keepers, is there's like definitely two different schools of thought where some people think we should be using, you know, the word tame versus the word social. And like, yes, this is a docile animal that you can handle for your enjoyment. There's definitely plenty of people out there that that think any level of handling for especially snakes, Mm -hmm. um, more so than other reptiles, is only for our benefit. Right. And like, I respect their opinion, but I maintain to believe that my snakes, because it's it's providing them with enrichment. Right. We're widening their habitat and giving them more things to experience. Yeah. And as long as you're not doing that in a way that is scaring them and putting their health at risk, (laughs) then it's a good thing for me, for them to not just live in their tank their entire lives. Well, and something that reinforces this to me is that when you have these snakes out, they are engaged they're not trying to hide they're not trying to get away nope and they they will curl around in your fingers yeah cornelius will you know kind of invite you to take him out sometimes he'll He'll be like like, oh excuse me hello it's time to give me some stimulation here please yeah also maybe food (laughs) yeah right also feed me yeah but he he has very different um I don't see it with Ichabod because, mm-hmm. like we talked about, they're burrowed. Even when they're hungry, even when they're bored, right. they're burrowed. Right. That's the life they live. Right. They live underground. Um, it, you know, except for their tiny little eyes and their tiny little noses. Corn snakes obviously do not live underground. And so he has right. two distinct poses where when I find Cornelius <laughs> at the front, sometimes he's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm kind of bored and curious. Mm-hmm. And other times it's very clearly, are you food? Is what is your right. finger food? Is Are you holding food? Right. Like, right. very still poses. Pointed. I'm mm-hmm. flicking my I'm tongue stalking. to taste the air. Like, where is yeah. the food? Yeah. Versus, like, I'm just casually wondering, like, what you're up to. Yeah. Hey, I'm, you want to hang for like, a I'm bit? I'm bored. <laughs> like, what you doing, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> and the geckos are the same way. They do the same thing. Where sometimes yeah. they're up at the front because they're like, oh, is that is it moving? Is right. It the food. And other right. times they're like, hello. <laughs> just gonna watch you casually because I'm bored and you're like okay <laughs> okay sure it seems yeah. fair because I watch you and I'm so, bored too. Yeah. So. We're of we're right. of this mindset that uh that our reptiles do get some enrichment some form of enjoyment you know Mm -hmm. they may not love us the way we love them but uh we can definitely provide them with a a good life i believe they love us as we love them so i think that just like i say i love samboas they say i love cassie (laughs) not humans just cassie no just me i love samboas i love them (laughs) so cute If you haven't watched it yet and you want to learn more about Kenyan sand boas, go and watch the um, the short little video that's on YouTube that has, oh, his name is eluding me and I love him Clint's so much. Clint's Reptiles. Yes. Is, uh, is a channel. Yes. They have a variety of reptile videos. They have one that's all about Kenyan sand boas, mm-hmm. but they also have one that is about five more great reptiles for kids, yes. which features Clint's adorable son so cute who arguably loves sand boas more than cassie which is saying a lot we would have to arm wrestle for him. <laughs> he might win he probably would win. <laughs> he's pretty intense about it sand boas right. <laughs> uh 
You want to hear another interesting thing about Sanboas? Tell me more. This is so I knew a lot of what I was finding when I was doing my research, just right. from casual research that we've done and things we've talked about and experiences with Icky. Right. But this I had no clue. Yeah. So like many boas. Kenyan samboas possess vestigial hind legs, known as spurs, which are longer and more conspicuous in men and males than in females. Hind legs? Hind legs! I'm sorry. Please explain to me what this means. So, apparently, at some point, snakes evolved to have legs. Mm-hmm. And then they de-evolved them because they did not need them. They were right. not advantageous for them. Right. And so, they... The Kenyan sandboas have little remnants left over from the time when sandboas did have hind legs. And you can see them more prominently in male sandboas. Oh, maybe that's why it's so easy for uh, breeders to sex them. I was wondering if that was the case, they were, too. they were like, all I got to do is look really quick and I can yep. see. And I thought that they were looking for right. like what they call spores, which mm-hmm. is basically like, you know, little testes forming. Right. Um, but if they were looking for legs, that'd be a lot easier. Yeah. I don't see it. But he's so little still, he's it might still be. still so tiny. And I don't know what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, we'll <laughs> like, have I to see Google. no legs, man. <laughs> what do snake legs look like? <laughs> and Google's like, are you high? Somebody in one of the podcasting groups that I followed today asked um, for an episode of their podcast, what was the weirdest thing that you've Googled recently? And I was able to answer immediately with multiple weird things I've Googled. Right. My favorite, I think right now, for weird things I've Googled Mm -hmm. is definitely, can you guess? You can guess. Oh, whale nipples. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Whale nipples. Yep. That's My mom right. was not impressed with that portion of the podcast. <laughs> Especially, like, <laughs> also, I told her her book was, you know, her book that she's still working on was featured in the podcast. And when uh-huh. I told her it was because orcas eat dugongs, she was like, I don't like that. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Valerie. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, I think the most weird thing that I have recently Googled was. Mm-hmm. When when is the peak of Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> I was I think this show has been going on for so long. I was trying to understand if there was like an agreed upon season that people agreed like right. this was it and everything after this is kind of garbage. Like season five of Supernatural. <laughs> you, I would argue it's closer to season eight or nine. Oh okay. Yeah. All right. I was into it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, for me. I mean, when, I still watch it. For me, when we hit <laughs> Leviathan, I was like, true though. No, actually, honestly, when we hit the darkness. I was kind of like... Oh, I loved the dark. I did, but I just felt like we were really grasping at straws. There was, there you was know? a lot going on there. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yes. Interestingly... Oh, no. <laughs> Kenyan Samboas are one of the very few snake families, or snake members, members of the snake family, who give live birth. Oh, horrendous. You poor babies. Yeah, I know. The worst thing. Also, even worse. So they're they're not pregnant for super long. They're yeah. only pregnant for about four months, which, thank God. Like when you think about it, though, like they're small animals. They are small animals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's still kind of. That's a lot that's of energy lot of to deal with, man. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. of commitment. And the young are usually born between seventeen to twenty centimeters in length and average about eight grams in weight. And how many do they have? They have. So I found conflicting information, but essentially it's between 4 and 20. Oh my God. Firstly, I can see why that might be frustrating for you to be like, okay, but what is it though? Like, you know it's... Right. 
Is it like ten for the smallest it's it ever 12? been, and like twenty is the is largest the it's ever max? been? Like, right, right. Like, what are breeders aiming for here? Also, like, what are you doing? Right, stop. Like, that's so insane. <laughs> do not make oh a porcupine and sambo have twenty fucking babies. I don't think they do it on purpose. I think I, it just happens. I hope not, because I would like to have some faith in humanity. Yeah. Well, it's not like you know, it's not like <laughs> they're with, like just going around like. You know, oh, yeah. Okay, lay down, Ruru. Good boy. God, just sit on it. Like, you don't need to... <laughs> you're not a Kenyan sand boa. You can't burrow, burrow into the pillow. <laughs> I think he actually might be a Kenyan sand boa. <laughs> it would explain a lot. He does spend lot. most of his life under the blanket. His tail and his face do look a lot alike. <laughs> just pointier. What I a weirdo. I can see him in the sand with just his nose and his eyes peeking out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ru the sand boa. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Anyhow, yes. So back to the birth. So yeah, somewhere between four and twenty, which ridiculous. But at least the babies are fully functional as soon as they're born, so they can survive. Yeah. Eat on their go own. off, recover, and do their own thing. Right, yeah. girl. Don't go take a nap. Go yeah. take a bath. They're like, here, are the babies. Drink. Peace out. Yes. Do take your own them thing. Away from leave. Me. Exit my nest. Mm-hmm. This is my house. Go find your own. Now some. Some breeders and um, herpetologists do argue that you can keep sand boas um, in small colonies together mm-hmm. with other sand boas. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you have the right mix. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where, like, they're they're a, not a particularly aggressive species of yeah. snake, so they're not prone to eating each other or right. attacking each other, which is really why people argue so against cohabitating most reptile species. Right, right. But, like... That's not how they would live in the wild. Exactly. So maybe don't make them live that way unless mm-hmm. you are intentionally have a breeding pair that you're breeding. Right. So they live a pretty long time. Okay. Again, I found conflicting information. Yeah. The Some of the information said that the Kenyan Sambos live in captivity for 10 years. Mm. And some of it said... 20 to 30, which yeah. seems more accurate. I'm me. pretty sure, I mean, I, I totally, you know, I did a lot of research before I decided I wanted one. Yeah. And I definitely did hear breeders say different things too. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of conflicting information with keeping Kenyan sand boas, which is kind of disappointing because we've yeah. kept them for quite a while as, right. a, as a community. They've, they're commonly kept. Um, but I, part of it is that they're so hardy that I think you could do one way or the other and they would still survive. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say we should be aiming for at least 20 years yes. in captivity. Like, yeah. if your sandbow is only living to 10 years, that's a pretty low life expectancy Perhaps for a snake. Re-examine yeah. the conditions that they're living in and see if maybe there's different ways that they would thrive more. Yeah, yeah. And the, the concerning part was I got that from Mizzou. Oh. Mm. was a little, like, hmm. Maybe it's, just out, maybe it's outdated it? information. That's totally you know? possible. Because it could just be, like, yeah. When we started keeping Kenyan Sambos and we right. didn't really know what we were doing, maybe they were only living 10 years in captivity. Right. Or maybe that was just what we had clocked, you know. Yeah, up yeah. to 10 because we didn't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe they'd only had that, uh, a we'll, Kenyan We'll hope to have years. a little faith that maybe yes. that it's just outdated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and the other information that I found definitely agreed yeah. with what you had seen, which is exactly. 20 to 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I think that was predominantly what I saw when I was researching. Yeah. Yep. So we've already talked about the fact that Kenyan sandbows spend most of their life buried in substrate. Exactly. And the substrate can be a lot of different things, but it needs to be something that will hold a tunnel because they yeah. like to burrow and yeah. create tunnels and be able to not choke on it, not yeah. 
have problems with impaction from yeah. swallowing or breathing in really small particulates. Yeah, because the problem with what, what we think of when we think of sand is we're um, thinking about a lot of times like dry sand does not hold a burrow. Right. It has right. to be moist or a different type, like a clay yes. type sand Yeah. versus um, the sand that a lot of people choose to keep them in is like that settles. As soon as they move, yeah. tunnel collapses, yeah. which is okay. They can survive that way. Right. But uh, they really like things that hold their burrows yes. because it just makes their life easier. And yeah. they can go through and they can mess it up if they want and crisscross through. And of course. So uh, I think it's better to keep them on Aspen. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you use shaved Aspen? Uh, you could use chips. I like the shaved aspens yeah. because I think it holds shape better than the chips does. Mm-hmm. But I've used both before. Yeah. Um, I also decided to provide my Kenyan sand bow with mm-hmm. a sand pit. So uh, it has like a little, just so a little cheers. water dish essentially that's filled with sand yeah. for him. So that, and he does use it, but he yeah. uses the aspen too. Yeah. So I put the sand pit um, near the heat mat, but not on it because it's plastic. Right. Um, so that, you know, it's, if he wants to be in the sand, he's still near his heat source Mm -hmm. but if he wants to be directly on his heat source he has to be in the aspen bedding and i just also have this wide range where i can feed him the aspen and not worry about impaction but you know if he's saying hey i want to be in the sand today then he totally has freedom to do that yeah that sounds like great options for him and really great enrichment yeah yeah so some interesting stuff is that because they're the climate that they come from is so hot during the day yeah they tend to be crepuscular so they're they're usually more active in the morning and in the evening so that they can search for food. Yeah. And the way that they eat is really fun because they seize their prey and suffocate it between the coils of their body. Yes. And only relax when it stops breathing and they can swallow it whole. Yeah. Now, interestingly, sometimes they like to draw that down into the substrate with them and eat it down underneath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, oh, hun- like, it, and it's also very interesting because a lot of other snakes, like, you'll kind of watch them stalk a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll freeze and be like, okay, is this something that I'm going to get? Yeah. And they'll raise their bodies up off the ground because a lot of them are really muscular. And then they'll strike, pull back. Uh-huh. But sand bows, because of the placement of their eyes. Right. And because they're ambush predators. You know, right. They're like, they're awaiting you. Yeah. They strike out sideways. Oh, they don't strike smart. out straight forward. Because that's kind of where their eyes are placed. So yeah. they strike out right sideways, <laughs> grab it really quick. Clever. You know, they don't have that upper body strength to be, like, just kind of out hanging in the world. So it's a very quick. And with uh, a lot of other longer boas and Mm -hmm. constrictor-type snakes, like the corn snakes, they only need to, like, they kind of bring it in and they'll wrap up a part of their body. But they don't, like, have to curl up and coil up completely. Because the size of their prey is pretty small in comparison to their length. Yeah. I mean, like, if we're talking to anacondas, like, they're huge. You know, they got to... Quite up and all that than stuff. That goat that they're gonna eat, right? Um, but um, but the Kenyan sandbow is like I've watched Ichabod take on this tiny little pinky mouse, and he has to coil his entire body oh my around goodness. it, and that's around the yeah. tinier mouse, around the oh itiest tiny mouse, because that's all he's big enough for. Such and a strong like, boy, and he grabs it and then is like reverse where his whole body kind of oh coils in reverse around that's it so cute. and he will eat most of it above because mm-hmm. he doesn't like he can't focus he can't concentrate and like burrow and right that takes a lot of 
time and energy and thought. Okay? Yeah. Okay. He's plus extra. he doesn't have to worry about anybody else coming and grabbing right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. He doesn't have to protect. This his. is my territory, and mm-hmm. there's no threats here, so yeah, I can just eat it as I want it. Take his time. Enjoy his nice meal. Mm-hmm. Maybe have no fast wine food here. with it. No. Only nice, slow, frozen food. Rue is the stupid... He's got the stupidest face on right now. Like, you... He's just pressed up against <laughs> Cassie's chin. And, like, his eyes are all closed. And every time you move, he just kind of goes, Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're rubbing his head with your chin. And he <laughs> is so in love with it. He's in that state where he really likes me to nuzzle against his head. Yeah, he's such a weird dog. He's the oddest little dog. I know, such an odd I thing. still think he's actually Robert De Niro in a dog's body. Ew, I hate you. <laughs> I hate that that's all I can think of sometimes. <laughs> Lying awake at night and like, <laughs> and he's Rue's like next to me and I just hear like bed. Robert De Niro's voice. Ah! Oh yeah, that's the spot. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Also, that was a terrible Robert De Niro impression. I wasn't really going for one because I knew I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, they reach uh, sexual maturity at two to three years of age. Mm-hmm. And the like I said, they take about four months to gestate. And then they can have babies again within the next year. Yeah. Yeah. That so, makes sense. You know, you can... Get love babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some some things that I think make Kenyan Sambos really, really strong survivors. Like we were talking about, they're very hardy animals. Yeah. Like if you're keeping a Kenyan Sambo, don't force it to rely on its hardiness. Right. So when food is scarce, Sambos can sometimes live over a year without any food at all. Over a year? Over a year. That makes me feel a little bit better about sometimes when I'm like, when was the last time I fed my snakes? Right. <laughs> but yeah. also, I should feed my snakes regularly. Right. <laughs> Don't make them do that. But, but if, if they like, have to wait just, one extra day to get on the right schedule like, or something. They are smart. Like, they know, they just know how to survive. They're very... They're survivors. They are survivors. It's important. Yes. I'm a survivor. I'm a forgiver. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another survival trait that they have is they like to burrow, right? So right. sometimes it can be a little challenging for them to find mates. Interesting. So, right. So do they just... Sometimes the males will literally like dig up a female to be like, what? Um, hey, you, you want a booty call? Excuse and me. And she'll be like, hello. Hello. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> and then leave me alone. Let me go back to my burrow, please. Mwah. He's a handsome man. Mwah. So handsome. What else I have that's particularly interesting? Everything about Kenyan Sandbo is, is particularly man. interesting. Right? That's the problem. Right? Like it's, there's there's no so such true. thing as a non fun fact I, about a Kenyan Sandbo. Literally all of my facts, I'm calling them super awesome Sandbo facts. Like one day I wish we could do a live show just so I know what people want to know in the moment. Right. Right? Ooh, yeah. Because it's so hard to be like, what's gonna be interesting to the listeners? Yeah, what do you what do you want to hear more about? Right? Yeah. And tell like us. we are obviously always more than happy to do follow-up episodes oh, of course. or maybe we'll do you know follow-up mini episodes for patreon exclusive for patreon I supporters we could do uh, that. you know to answer specific questions that yeah. are brought up 
yeah, um, yeah. afterwards. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think maybe right now I'll just go over the things that make them really awesome pets. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Because that's that's the beauty of covering these reptiles that mm-hmm. are commonly kept as pets is the reason we know so much about them is like, hey, yeah, we did take time to, to observe them in the wild, but we're able to learn so much about them yeah. when we keep them and yeah. we learn how to keep them well. And, yeah. uh, and I personally think it's fascinating it is fascinating (laughs) (laughs) so i've got nine key reasons why they make really really awesome pets okay number one i feel like it should be seven just because like seven sand boa seven i can do that but it's okay no shoot me with the nine i can do seven i can do seven (laughs) just combine seven (laughs) super stellar sand boa facts awesome (laughs) so first of all low maintenance setup to keep them. All right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm obviously down with that. I yep. have one and I know it's true. Small yeah. because, again, they are small creatures. Mm-hmm. So we know it can be small. Yep. Um, and we know that, like, one heat source. Yep. Easy substrate. Yep. Because they're burrowers, you don't even really need to go crazy with right. the items in their tank. Right. Because they are 100% yeah. not going to utilize them. No. Like, I had a hide in Ichabod's tank for the first month. I never saw him use it no. ever. So I took it out because yeah. it was a waste. Yeah. Um, I, the sand pit is nice for yes. him, but, yeah. like, not a requirement. Right. You have a water dish in there just in case, mm-hmm. but these are desert animals. Right. So they're getting most of their water from their food. Mm-hmm. Easy maintenance. And easy low humidity, too. You don't mm-hmm. have to spray seven times a day. Yeah. You don't really have to <laughs> spray at all. Like, if you've got that right. water dish in there, it'll mm-hmm. maintain the right humidity. Yeah, exactly. If and you don't live in a super moist right. place, then you might have to worry about it being too moist. Right. True. And if you do live in a place that's really, really dry, I mean, yeah. we live in a pretty dry place, but it's it's not a desert, desert. No, we don't live in a desert. If you live somewhere really dry, really the only time that you have to worry about providing them with humidity is during shedding. Yeah, just as assistance to make sure that it doesn't get stuck to yeah, their skin. Exactly. And another thing that's really neat too, of course, that is that you can keep these guys in tubs mm-hmm. that are big enough for them to hold all of you know, the water yeah. and the substrate that they need. But they're not display animals. They're not going to be watching right. them all the time. So if you want to have, you know, three or four Kenyan sand boas, yeah. you can have that yeah. in a small space and keep them in a way that is perfectly... Totally fine for them. Totally yeah. ethical. Because, like, snake racks are a thing that breeders have. A lot yeah. of facilities have them. Or just people who are, like, avid keepers. But they are not ideal for most types of snakes. Right. And so there's a lot of argument in the community that keeping them in racks, even though you can provide them with everything they need, is not necessarily the best life for them. There's also equal argument that uh, glass terrariums like we use aren't ideal either because they're so exposed on so many sides and a lot of these animals want to feel enclosed and safe. Right. I I compromise by covering multiple sides of my glass terrariums. And providing hides. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, that's how I compromise, but that's the choice I've made because I I like the nice look of a glass terrarium. Yeah. Um, um, but you know you can you don't these guys can be in ten gallon tanks for most of their life. Right. I choose to to offer a bigger one, and many people do just for further enrichment. You yeah. know they're not obviously going to live in a ten gallon sized area in the wild. Right. But you are also not dealing with wild caught animals right. if you're doing it responsibly. Right. These animals have only ever known captivity. Yes. Yeah. So as long as you provide them with everything they need and some extra fun stuff to live Mm -hmm. with, they're gonna do just fine and they're gonna thrive. Yeah. Yeah. 
And along with that, the fact that they don't get very big is so handy. Yeah. Because you don't need to worry about upgrading Tank after tank after tank. Yeah. Yeah, Like, maybe you want to start them out in a 10-gallon tank, Mm -hmm. and then when they're full grown, you're, like, feeling generous on space, and you get them a 20-gallon tank or something in between those sizes. Mine is 18 by 18, so it's not quite a 20-gallon, but But, it's not a 10-gallon either. Yeah, that's a nice Um, big range. And that uh, that is my chosen size for his whole life because he's just not going to get... He's bigger. fine. He'll, he'll be fine in that. He's very happy. And they don't need to be tall tanks because they don't climb ever. Nope. So you could even get like a essentially a flat 20 yeah. gallon long. They do exist. I've seen them. It's crazy. Because yeah. I was like, what could ever live in that? Oh. A Kenyan sandbox. A sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. Right. Right. And of course, because they're going to stay pretty small and they are the smallest boa. Yes. They're not going to ever grow past eating mice. Mm-hmm. So you won't ever have to switch out to a different type of prey. Mm-hmm. So even even the bigger ones, you can feed the bigger ones small rats if you choose to. Rat pups. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to. Yeah. And on it depends. Like, if you have a male, they're really not going to be big enough for right. a rat. Like, yeah. that's, that's kind of overfeeding them. Yeah. Because uh, you do want to pay attention to the depth um, of the animal, the width of the animal. And how do you calculate that? It's It should be slightly larger mm-hmm. than the widest part of your snake. And for Kenyan sandbows, obviously that's your whole snake because mm-hmm. we talked about <laughs> that. Um, and they stay quite thin, the males. The females get yeah. chunkier because they have to carry the babies. Right. Sometimes right? they got to have more. Of them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they got to have more meat in there. Um, but the males, they just don't get that thick. So yeah. a large mouse is going to do the trick. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's super handy as well. Mm-hmm. They're, like we've already talked about, easy to handle. Something that I think makes them really, I've been kind of trying to push for when one of my younger cousins gets, you know, old enough and responsible yeah. enough to get a, uh, get a pet, his own pet that's yeah. not a fish. Yeah. Um, I think a sand boa would be the perfect pet for him because they're small enough. He's a pretty small kid. They're yeah. small enough for him to handle and not feel like they're too much for him to keep track of. Yeah. But they're robust enough and can grow big enough that I yeah. would feel okay having them. Like getting him a full old. grown one. Yeah, exactly. Right. You wouldn't want to yeah. get him a baby because they no. are so tiny. No, they're so but tiny. Yeah. yeah. But like a full grown one. Yeah. That would, I'm sure that would be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and I they, think they're, they're great lo- for... And they're very um, non-threatening in look. Mm-hmm. And they're very so slow cute. movers when you're handling them. Right. right. I have seen Ichabod move quite quickly. When he's eating? When he's eating or when he's afraid. Like if you sure. startle upon him or if I have him out and I try to put him down and I'm not holding him, yeah. he will try to dart away to just get somewhere safe. Right. Like he feels secure in my hands because he knows he can burrow in places. Of course. Um, but if I were to put on the table, he would just try to look because it's just yeah, flat open space, you know? Um, so they do move pretty quickly in those. But generally, yeah. when you're holding them, they're very slow movers. Yep. You know, when I take Cornelius out to meet kids, mm-hmm. and he's he's a fairly slow, he's not a very quick snake right. just as an individual, but like he will move his head pretty quickly when he's like, oh, what's going on? And yeah. kids will shriek. Because they're terrified that he's just going to bite them. Because they don't oh know gosh, about snakes. So and, you know, snakes bite. And right. so they're they're worried. And right. they would probably screech the same if a dog, like, whipped around really right. quickly on them, too. I Fair. would probably be more likely to be concerned about that. Right? Yeah. Right? But, you know, they've seen more dogs. They have more experience right. with dogs. Right. But the canyon sandbow is not going to do that. No. They're going to, like... Just kind of no. gently try to burrow into your skin, yeah, exactly. which is cute, but also when you think about it, kind of creepy. Um, but the kids don't. Skin. The kids don't think about it too much, no, so it's goodness. fine. 
Um, yeah, I think they make wonderful pets for kids yeah. as well. Yeah, I think. And they're they're very slow to bite. Yeah. And if they did bite, even for a full-grown one, it would be about the equivalent of a cat scratch. Yeah, it's not like they're, nah. they are, I mean, you could get bit by a fish probably the same as you could right. get bit, you know, if you were really right. sticking your hands right. in there. <laughs> well, and the likelihood is if you're getting bit, it's because they thought you were food. It means that they're hungry. You Maybe you're not feeding them correctly. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not feeding them with tongs. Yeah. Or maybe you are handling stuff that smells like food right. and not washing your hands. Right. And with your reptiles, you should always be washing yeah. before and after. So put so that reptiles. bacon down. Wash your hands. I don't think I don't think they would mistake your bacon, but like, yeah, don't like if you, a lot of people who have reptiles will also have small animals. Oh, of course, and they all kind of smell like rodents, yeah. even if they're not rodents. Yeah, so yeah. that is something to be rude, <laughs> especially mindful of. That dog does not smell like a rodent. No, uh, he might look like one. Maybe rodent roadkill. <laughs> oh, God, just when he rolls in it. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> So another thing that I think makes them really neat is the multiple morphs. Yeah. And we've already talked about the fact that the wild type looks just beautiful. It's yeah. captivating. It's Halloweeny. It's a little spooky, but not actually scary. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's the cutest thing right. ever. Right. <gasps> cute baby. But they also come in several different types of morphs. My personal favorite morph is the anerytheristic. Anerytheristic. Yeah, there was Anary. a lot of discussion about that at the last <laughs> reptile show. Nobody could decide how it was actually no. pronounced. <laughs> but the nickname is Annery. Yeah. And for those ones, they their brown spots for the wild type are darker, so they look kind of a, a dark, dark brown or a black. Mm-hmm. And then the the part that is orange in the wild type is either white or kind of a grayish color. Like a lavender-y gray. Yeah, it looks kind of purpley. And so yeah. they just are beautiful i think they're just gorgeous i want one and then they can come in albino paradox which has more black spotting yep um hypomelanistic which is more brown and black Mm -hmm. and splash which has like more aberrant patterns they can come in stripes and in the just all over pattern yeah and there's been even more work too there's like the paradox and you know there's continually developing morphs so that's pretty pretty chill I, yeah, I personally, like, I think I'll always be a diehard fan for that just traditional normal morph. Like, I'm more into fun morphs in other reptile species. Yeah. But, you know, morphs are just fun. It's something, you know, something new to learn about. Yeah. And it's just part of when we're breeding in captivity and you see something you like and you just keep breeding for it, hoping that you'll find the magic gene and find the magic match of what makes what. So yes. that's, a, you know, genetics is fun. Genetics <laughs> is fun. <laughs> I think most commonly right now mm-hmm. you will see normals and you will see anaries. Yeah. Because that's what people have figured out. I know how to breed this. There's yeah. plenty of them in existence. Yeah. Can keep breeding. Right. There are snows too and those yeah. are getting more popular. I'm and seeing a lot of those. And the striped pattern yes. is getting more popular. Yeah. But, you know. But I'm, I'm sure those The longer are we keep expensive. them, the more you will see. That's another handy thing about the Kenyan Sanbo is, is especially if you're getting a baby and you're getting a, a wild type. Yeah. It's going to be un- easily under $100. Yeah. Yeah. So. Under, I would, uh, under 50 Yeah. If you're getting during breeding season, if you go to a reptile show yeah. where there's lots of different breeders, I have seen them as cheap as 30 and as expensive as like 75 
Yeah. Depending on the baby and the breeder. Right. And you're not going to be spending that much on the setup either. Like, you don't need to spend $75 when the breeder two tables down is selling them for 30 oh, right. Just saying. Be smart about Go it. Go look at the whole display first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So there are some concerns to conservation status. Mm-hmm. Right now their conservation status or their like threat level is unknown we just don't know enough about them out in the wild because they they hide good man they hide so it's hard we're not like digging through all the sand in kenya looking for sand (laughs) however just like with many of the other animals we've talked about there are probably some threats to their um habitat being destroyed so especially probably in egypt yes which is you know (laughs) ellie where are you going go skedaddle no, you're okay. not coming back this Stop way. sticking Stop. your butt into Karina's face. Stop. You're oh, being so baby. rude. Come here, let me pet you. Good boy. So that's one concern. Another concern is that a lot of these animals are being taken from their natural habitat and collected for international trade as pets. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's pretty unfortunate. It's a big problem. There's enough in captivity now that are breeding yeah don't go and take any more right so don't buy wild caught ones no don't buy wild caught reptiles in general though right the people who are like starting breeding projects for these animals right. like generally where i'm in support of it right is where we have uh we have an under not yeah. under abundance is not a word yeah uh when you're concerned about a species yeah and scientists and naturalists Mm -hmm. will go and collect them in an effort to start a breeding program and then of course by default somehow they'll probably end up in the pet Mm -hmm. trade as well because you're breeding which is murky territory questionable but um when you there's already a thriving pet trade and a cap like you just as as a casual reptile owner you have no business ever owning a wild caught animal no like for any reason Mm -hmm. which makes me sad because there's like one particular species of reptile that i love thinking of that is not successfully bred in captivity at all yeah ever yeah so i will not get it (sighs) until some magic person one day eventually knows more about animal like knows more about breeding than me we just don't know a lot about those animals yeah exactly and i'm not a breeder and i i'm not a reptile expert so i have no business right trying to breed wild animals right especially if you're going along with the breeding program you're also going to be experimenting with how to keep their habitat right that's just no, no. no. Not, you, not if you're going to get a reptile, yeah. buy a captive bred yep. Kenyan sand boa from a reputable right breeder who you can see other animals. That Ask they have them questions. Ask and... them. You can you know low key quiz them. Oh, absolutely. Like not you know be respectful or like, but like high key quiz. Them. Yeah. Totally be respectful, but, like, ask your questions, yeah. and if you're not satisfied with their answer, or if they're just right. dismissive, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's totally fine, then maybe take your business elsewhere. Absolutely. There's, like, there's as so many places Having that been to a couple reptile shows now, and, yeah. and now that we, you know, we'll go out with our Critter Cast gear, and we've seen a lot of people over and over again, mm-hmm. we're really starting to have conversations with these breeders and with these groups, Yeah. and it, there's a very clear distinction where there's some breeders who mm-hmm. are just quantity, you know, get these animals out they love reptiles it's not that anybody gets into reptile breeding just to make money like why that's so it's such an expensive thing to get started in like that's not how it happens yeah but there's certainly people that are like yeah i could breed and make a lot of cash can you imagine going to your bank to ask for a small business loan to breed like lychees 
No. They'd yes. be like, that's I insane. I need $6,000 so to I purchase can a breeding pair. To purchase one breeding female. Yeah. <laughs> and then 12000 to pre- purchase two males as yeah. well so and that I can like, try different And then like also all the tanks and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your, your potential loan issuer is going to look at you and be like I'm sorry no yeah yeah. usually you start in as a hobby and then you're like oh I could bring which is like most people start as hobby breeders and I am fully comfortable buying from hobby breeders yeah I can talk to them and get a a sense that they really know and love their animals yeah that's where we got Serafina from and she's lovely yeah and I I kind of love hobby breeders because again they're small scale yeah they tend to know their individual animals they want to give you info about them but you can also get from a large scale breeder as long as they're doing it right yes you know there's a big difference between going to a place that's like uh yeah I think this one was around this time I don't really know (laughs) Petco Well, they're not breeding them. They're purchasing them from right. And if they can't places. even tell you what breeder they got it from, walk on by. Yeah, <laughs> half of them will refuse to tell you because they'll say it's against policy. Right, and, the and other also half will put just away your phone. Why are you trying to take a picture of that? Oh, one? such a mess. We won't even get into that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that the. the that's the beauty of Kenyan Sambo is I think it's hard for them because yeah. um, they're especially tame even in the wild. Yeah. That it's very easy for people to just be like, oh, and I got one. Right? You know? Yeah. Which, yeah. please don't do that. Please don't I, do that. I have faith that our CritterCast listeners mm-hmm. wouldn't anyway. Like, I don't think any of you are buying tickets to Egypt right now to go catch yourself a Kenyan Zamboa. It's if, so much more expensive than just life, buying though, one. I kind of want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm judging you, but also I... I don't want to learn more about you. Judging you all day, every day. That's, yeah, shush. <laughs> <laughs> they're also, they're really important to the ecosystem like all other snakes. We don't want to decrease their numbers so much that they can no longer thrive in the wild mm-hmm. because they're really important predators. They consume a lot of animals that humans consider pests, agricultural pests, etc., yes. including mice, rats, insects you know animals that carry disease right exactly and especially in really hot arid dry places yeah you don't want those diseases you know running rampant you want the snakes running rampant exactly yeah and these snakes are completely harmless to people you just there's nothing that a kenyan sandboa can do to you that would cause more than a tiny sting i mean like i guess it could try to burrow into your mouth and choke you I don't even think so. Maybe into your nose. Maybe if it burrowed into your nose, you might get like a nosebleed. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't really see that happening. Just like stop it. Right? Because you could just (laughs) pull it out of your nose. Like I so so literally these these snakes are one hundred percent harmless people. They're just like yeah. The most harmless snakes you can have. And they're the most cutest and squishiest Indeed. and sweetest. We will post so many faces. Kenyan Sandboa oh, pictures I this week. Love and them. some will be Ichabod. And others yes. will just be like all the Kenyan Sandboas. Yeah, maybe being something the we can do is find some really cute ones. I have some favorites that I well, follow the on most, Instagram. The most famous is the, the danger noodle who pokes his head out of the like actual sandbox. Right? Yeah. We'll, yes. do the, we'll do some memes and I'll, I'll rep. Some of the people that I follow on Instagram. Oh, for well. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be great. It'll be You guys amazing. are going to look so for it. Everybody's right. going to love Kenyan Sandboas after this week. Yes. Like, if you don't already love them, you're going right. to love them, and you're going to go out and get your your own. And, and if when you're, you get one, send In us the a California uh, area, there is a reptile expo this weekend That's in the Bay right. Area. The NorCal Reptile yeah. Expo is on the 10th and 11th, I think. Yep. No, 11th and 12th. 
Yeah, this Because it's Saturday and Sunday. Right. So, you know, you could head on down there and get yourself Kenyan Samboa. Oh, my god. We will not be in attendance because we did not get our lives together in time to go. we are busy as fuck right now. Indeed. I want to go, though, because it sounds so fun, but I don't think we can work it out. (laughs) Let's just go, man. Let's let's ditch all of our responsibilities. Well, it would be Sunday. Well, I don't have Can't skip work on Saturday. I have to oh, go no, to work. You can't. No, you can't. You have to go to work on Saturday. Me? To yeah. work? Oh. To my work. I will come to you <laughs> on Saturday. Yes. Anyway. I will do that. All right. So. That's, that's Kenyan Sandboas. Kenyan Sandboas. Indeed. And you know what, Karina? Yes. I love Kenyan Sandboas. And do you know what Kenyan Sandboas love? Me. The booty. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag Kenyan Sandboas love uh, the booty. Yeah, they Hashtag do. Sandboas love the booty. Hashtag yeah. Ichabod loves the booty. Ichabod does. Actually, love the booty. Ichabod loves the sleeve. He's into it. But <laughs> I'm you sure know. if you had a pocket like in the back of your pants, he would yeah. be like, "Yes, yes I will write the in this booty." booty oh, now I have pocket. to get that. Now I have to get that picture yeah, at some point do. this week. Yeah, you do. I don't want a picture of my butt on Facebook. Though. <laughs> Too late. You're committed. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's gonna be extra cute. It's gonna be epic. Yeah. The origin of that story is actually Rue's booty, though. The booty, booty, booty. The the booty. That's right. The booty. <laughs> so as usual, CritterCast fans, we love Kenyon Sandboas. We hope you so love much. them. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. Yeah, because we forget, love you too. We do. We love you just as much as all critters love the booty. Oh my gosh. The booty. We love your booty. That is maybe taking it too far. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you can, you know, if you're interested in finding out more about us or listening to more episodes, you can find all of our episodes on our website, Mm crittercastpodcast.com. You can find them all on iTunes or Spotify. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling so inclined, don't forget to leave a a rating and a review on iTunes. That's always exciting. Please, yes, please. You can like us on Facebook and follow us for fun memes. Did you know you can also leave us a review on Facebook? Indeed, you can. Nobody has done so yet oh but you know if you if you You want to be the first wow you're amazing thank you so much you (laughs) listening at home um (laughs) you can find us on facebook just as crittercast Mm -hmm. capital c capital c yep you can find us on instagram at crittercast podcast or you can find us on twitter at cast critter that's right Uh, you could email us if you feel so inclined at crittercast podcast at Mm gmail.com Just for funsies. Right. You can find us on Patreon at CritterCast. Yeah. Uh, you know, check it out there. Decide yeah. if you may want to join us. Get check in for out. those for those mid-month extras yeah, that's and right. bonuses. You have probably another week to get signed up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be there. Okay. So that stuff will be there even if you sign oh, up after. Oh, that's true. Right. But like, you if, you're, if you want to wait in anticipation and then get that <gasps> notification email oh, that boy. CritterCast has uploaded content on Patreon. I do want to. Then you got to be signed up. Well, you're signed up. You're good. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Thank Phew. you for being our very first Patreon supporter, <laughs> Cassie. My pleasure. Thank you, Karina, for being our second <laughs> Patreon supporter. And thank you, Erica, Erica! for being our third <laughs> Patreon supporter. We have three Patreon supporters and, and, and we're all awesome. is our favorite. Of course. Yes. So, you know, if you want to join the super awesome club, yeah. this, this current trio that hopes to grow. The Critter and, uh, Crew 3. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, you know, of course, find us on uh, you find us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of all we have for you guys well, okay for this then. week. All right. So it sounds like it's time to say, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. <laughs>